Welcome all sports fans. This is Saturday, February 23rd, and this is our 13th episode of Uneducated Sports Talk, the podcast hosted by myself, Carlos Clayton. Thank you all for listening, wherever you may be. I appreciate it all. Um, We got a great show today. We're going to talk a lot of NBA and probably all NBA for today. Uh, An incredible game, which might be hyped up to be the game of the year when the Utah Jazz visited the Oklahoma City Thunder in a double overtime 148 to 147 victory with a Paul George floater over Rudy Gobert with 0.8 seconds ago into the game. That that was a if you watched that, you were you were amazed the whole game. The whole entire game. So we're gonna break all that down plus the Eastern and Western Conference standings of the NBA and tell you who's on track to make the playoffs and who's on track to leave out and where would they like to be when it's all said and done if you make it to the playoffs. Break it all down right now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Carlos Clayton. This is Uneducated Sports Talk, the podcast, episode number 13. Let's get down into it. The Thunder versus the Jazz. We all know what happened last year in the playoffs. The Jazz went ahead and beat the Thunder uh, 4-2, one of six games. Very physical. But for some reason, this is a different feel for the Thunder. Last year, they were kind of discombobulated going into the playoffs. It was four versus five. I remember that. Right now, the Thunder set at number three. The Jazz number six in the West. And they're slated to face each other again if it stays the same way. Now, things can change. And both teams are pretty damn good. But for some reason, the Thunder this year, year number two, with Paul George, he just signed his contract to stay with Oklahoma City. And him and Russell have just been feeding off each other. And it's more of a credit and a kudos to Russell. Although his numbers, his stats are down. Points down. Uh, shooting percentage down. Three-point percentage down. But everything else is going up. Just his mentality of his IQ. Him being smarter now. He isn't forcing anything like he used to back in the day. Because guess what? He has an MVP candidate. Not himself. We're talking about Paul George. Paul George has just found his groove as of late. Over the last 20 plus games, 20 games or something, he's been averaging almost 30 a game. And he's been unbelievable. And when they, when Russell Westbrook got fouled out in that final over in that uh first overtime, as a Thunder as a Thunder fan, you wouldn't panic. And I'm not a fan, but I didn't panic either for the Thunder. Paul George is that good. He is that good. The game itself was magnificent. Rudy Gobert, 26 points. Donovan Mitchell, 38 points. Mark my words, ladies and gentlemen. Mark my words. I'm not willing to bet this, but I, I, I can confidently say, with much confidence, Donovan Mitchell will be 2019-20 MVP. You're hitting it right now, right here. It is Saturday, February 23rd, and I'm telling you guys, Donovan Mitchell, next year, 2019-20 season, will be the MVP of the league. He has, to, from what he's doing from year one to year two, and you know, a lot of these guys have those year two slumps. 
that sophomore slump. Donovan Mitchell was not having none of that. As soon as Quinn Snyder, I believe, really gets in, in, in his mind that Donovan Mitchell is our star. Because you want to stop being in the bottom dwellers of the West. That's how you stop being it if you're five through eight and you want to go up to four through one. You got to convince Donovan Mitchell. You are our star. You are not an all-star. You are a star. A superstar in the making. Be our leader. Average 30 a game. And I think Donovan Mitchell can do that. He is that talented. So I'm telling you guys right now, Donovan Mitchell will be MVP next year. But uh, <laughs> he scored 38. Rudy Gobert with 26. Then we have Russell Westbrook with a ridiculous stat line once again. But he failed to get a triple-double, which ends the streak at 11 games. But it's still an NBA record. He already had the record. He just kept going and going and going. 43 points. 15 rebounds and 8 assists. And it's funny because he got his 8 assists, I believe, somewhere early in the fourth quarter or late in the third quarter and just did not have another assist. Yes, he did foul out uh, in the first overtime. But 43 points is nothing to sneeze at. And he was on from 3 and he's been struggling from the 3-point line. I believe he hit 6 threes in this game or 7, one of those. 43 points, 15 rebounds, 8 assists. But not to be outdone. Paul George, 45 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, and he is the go-to guy. I would have never thought that. I wish this Russell Westbrook would have played when Kevin Durant was there. This Russell Westbrook knows how to get the ball up in the fourth quarter to Paul George or to the other superstar and let him do damage. Paul George probably has the most silkiest, smooth, on-the-dribble shot I've ever seen. On the dribble, it's just so smooth. He just it's smooth when it's on on the dribble. He can't he can't be stopped. It's smooth. I love their make. I love their attitude. Going into last year, into the playoffs, they're rocky. They still did not have an identity. Russell Westbrook has gave a lot this year to make Paul George feel at home. Paul George is clearly the number one go to guy in the fourth quarter. Clearly. And I respect that. This Thunder team, no matter who they face, will be a tough challenge. But their toughest challenge might just be the Utah Jazz. Yes, the Jazz lost 4-1 last year against the Warriors, I believe it was 4-1. But they had no rookie Rubio. Uh, Ricky Rubio, excuse me. They didn't have him. Now, they, they still lose the series against the Warriors, but that might go 6 and might go 7. The Jazz are that good. When everyone is healthy, then they added a Kyle Corver this year who can shoot. Ingles will always give you great shooting, and Kyle Corver as well. Jazz are stacked. But I'm looking at this game, man, and you can tell that both teams wanted it. And it's always good when you just sit back and you're not a fan of either team, you're just a fan of the game. And it's always good to sit back and watch a great game because too many times in the NBA we've seen games where it gets pretty blown out at the end. But it's always nice to see a great hustling battle. Two teams grinding it out. Two teams. Although, look, 148 to 147, you could say that was bad defense. It did go two overtimes. I believe they, they both scored almost 120 in regulation. But both teams are still playing hard. It's just that today's game, guys are more smoother. Guys take a lot more threes now. 
the ball is being swung around really, really well. It almost reminds me of the 1980s uh, basketball with the Showtime Lakers and the Celtics. Those guys made it look easy. And that's like every team now. Offensively, the ball is not sticking unless you're LeBron James who still makes a great play when it's all said and done. Or if you're a Kevin Durant who was just the most lethal score we've seen outside of Michael Jordan. Outside of that, the ball is swinging. No matter what team you're on, the ball's going to swing. Because everyone, and I don't care if you're 5'9 to 6'10, 7-footers, everyone shoots threes. And that is what's changing the game. The emphasis on shooting a three. I don't get why teams just don't say, hey, you know what? We're going to give up the layup. We're going we're gonna to play one-on-one against a guy driving in, and if you can score 40 points on your own, go ahead. But we're not going to give up threes. I don't know why some teams just haven't sacrificed that. Let's just stop rotating and double-teaming. Let's just stop the three. We'll go ahead and just let someone uh, take a you know, a touch shot or maybe easy shot, but we're not going to give an easy two for a wide-open three. And that's been going on a lot in this, this league. Now, a lot of these guys aren't focusing on the fundamentals. We're talking about the young cats today because the league is getting younger and younger every year. But no one's focusing on defense anymore. But I know I'm talking really awful subject. Uh, but that, that Thunder versus Jazz, that was just amazing to see. It was awesome to see. And I am very proud to be a part of uh, watching that because that, that game, there's no double overtime and every possession – I would like to see how many lead changes there were. There were a ton of lead changes. Both teams going back and forth. That has the potential for being game of the year. And I think it will be. We'll hold up. So Let's talk about the standings now, man. Um, you know, the standings are going to be, be tough um, from both sides, the East and the West. This is the first time the East is really, really, really good. And it's how ironic I've always said it. When Jordan left in 98, the East just became a shell of itself. Basically from 99 to last year, which is 2018. Well, how ironic the next best player, LeBron James, he leaves the East and all of a sudden it looks good. Everyone has a chance and these teams are stacked. It's on Marcus Gasol, who was a former defense player of the year. Going to Toronto. Nikolai Miritich, who's a big who can shoot threes, he's going to uh, the Bucks. Tobias Harris, who's a scorer, going to the Sixers. You see all you see all that going on. You're like, okay, the East is loaded, and there's actually a team in Milwaukee Bucks right now that has a better record than the Golden State Warriors. And if you want any shot. Of beating the Warriors in the NBA Finals. If you get there, so as of right now, if you're Toronto or if you're Milwaukee, you really, 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 really want to win as many games as you can. Because the one advantage you can have against the Warriors is that you can have home court advantage. Since the Kevin Durant slash Steph Curry era in Golden State, They've had home court advantage in every round except one. Last year's Western Conference Finals. And that went to seven games. And they might be a Chris Paul injury away from actually winning the game. 
win the series. So it was key to get home court advantage. Very key. If the Milwaukee or Toronto can get home court advantage and actually go to the NBA Finals and start the first two games at home, they have a good chance of winning that Finals. But they can't be slacking. Because the Warriors are just going to cruise by. The Warriors say, you know, we can beat anybody, anytime, anywhere, any place, any minute, any second, any universe. They feel that way, and it, which is very true. So they're not going to be just grinding it out. No, they're going to pick their times and really get going. Because let's be honest, the Warriors, they've won so much. They're, they're, they're focused on winning. They're focused on winning the championship. And I can't blame them for that. You've gone three out of the last four years. We've gone four years straight to the finals. The regular season is going to get boring to you. It's going to get boring. So if Milwaukee and Raptors, the Bucks and the Raptors want to win, they got to take the regular season seriously. I've always said that. LeBron was on Cleveland. I've always said, if you want to beat the Warriors, take the regular season seriously. I think he missed like 27 games in a three-year span. That's like almost nine games a year that you're practically giving up. And, and your team hasn't fared when you're not playing. If you wanted to win a championship, you had to take the regular season seriously and win as many games as possible. And the Cavaliers didn't do that. But the Bucks, I believe, are in that mode. The Raptors are in that mode. Out of those two teams... I got to say the Bucks will keep it going because I think Kawhi Leonard will be, you know, in and out the lineup. He'll miss one every four games, and that could ultimately hurt the Raptors. They got a little cushion for the number two seed, so I think they'll, they're probably kind of content at number two. We'll see. But it's going to be a good – it's going to be great. We're going to uh, break it down to our next segment, the actual – Western Eastern Conference standings and tell you what's going on. But, man, that I'm still stoked about that that game. The Jazz and the Thunder. Now, I really, really hope they do face off in the playoffs because they have this kind of a hatred towards each other. It's not a huge hatred, but you, you can tell us there. And I love Jameson Crowder. Crowder riles up the Jazz every time. And when you play in Utah and when you're the only thing in town pretty much all year round, you need someone like James Crowder who's going to hype up the crowd, get things ugly, get in your face, do a little extracurricular flopping, you know, get under guys' skin. And he's done that. And then you have uh, Inglis versus uh, uh, Ingles versus Paul George, and they've got into it. And Ingles plays pretty good defense, you know. You're looking like, oh, this you know, big, big, tall, foreign, goofy white dude, right? No, he gets down and plays great defense. He, he really moves his feet. But Paul George is just that more talented from last year to this year. It's a new Paul George. A Paul George we always thought we would see, but a little bit earlier. But then when he hurt his leg, that was his problem. He hurt his leg when he broke his leg. It had to take time to develop. And Paul George is, is rocking right now. So, be back in just a few moments after this message. And we'll go ahead and talk about the Eastern and the Western Conference standings. If I want to hear awesome NFL talk, 
I just check out Pro Football IQ, hosted by Dallas Thomas and Joe Bagwell. Welcome back to Uneducated Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Carlos Clayton. Shouts out to Pro Football IQ, hosted by Dallas Thomas and Joe Slick Bagley. Oh, those guys are doing their thing for Pro Football IQ. Check them out on the Anchor app and many, many other outlets. Um, so we just broke down you know, that crazy Utah Jazz versus Oklahoma City Thunder contest. Like I said, game of the year. Also said Donovan Mitchell, he's going to be MVP next year. Mark my words. <laughs> Barring injury, of course, but he's going to be MVP, man. That, that guy is good. He's good. He's ready. And later on, uh, another segment, we'll break down who we have right now winning MVP. There's a lot of great candidates out there. Um, but let's get down to our Eastern and Western Conference, man. We're looking at Let's start with the West. Yes, I said the West. I think the East is a little bit better top-heavy-wise. But, I mean, you really can't go wrong in both squads. Left to right. Bucks versus the Warriors. You know, that's probably the most likely matchup as of now for the finals. But man, they're, they're both going to be scratching and clawing to get there. I can guarantee you guys that. So, start off with the West first. Number one, we have the Golden State Warriors at 42 and 16. Uh, the second best record in the NBA. Well, third best record, excuse me. Raptors are a game ahead of the Warriors. Nuggets are number two, 40 and 18. And the Joker, that guy has been dominating all year. He's a triple-double magnet, a big man who brings back the beauty of the game. Uh, Nikolai Jokic, that, he's, he's great. He is great. I love what the different Nuggets are doing. Most surprising team. Uh, Coach Malone is probably going to win Coach of the Year. I mean, this team is flying, and they're only going to get better. Just had a win over the Dallas uh, Mavericks, and on the road, any road victory, I don't care who you play, any road victory is a good one. And the Nuggets, they just want to have home court advantage. Just give us home court advantage. But, of course, you want the number two seed or one seed to stay away from the Warriors until the Western Conference Finals. Nuggets are very surprising. At number three, just to mention earlier, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they're 38 and 20. Number four, the Portland Trailblazers. And this might be a sleeper team. Might. It might be. I'm not saying it is. I'm not. I won't, I won't go that route. Because we've seen they have like the same team from last year, pretty much. The same team, in my opinion. And this is the same team that got swept by New Orleans Pelicans last year. Four nothing sweep. They're in fourth, thirty six and twenty three. The most disappointing team so far in in this West is probably the Houston Rockets, thirty three and twenty five. Now, you can name a number of problems with this with this squad. A number of problems. Start off with Daryl Morey, who has the emphasis of threes and layups. Okay, to the head coach Mike D'Antoni. Who really, really has emphasis of threes and layups, but who doesn't care about defense? To your superstar in James Harden, who is just a, the major, most major ball magnet there is. And it's how ironic 
he complained about the referees, and you go to the free throw line more than anybody in basically NBA history. The man is averaging down at 10 free throw shots a game. That is unheard of. That's almost 1,000 free throw shots in one year. I mean, it's 820, but still. It's almost 1,000. So he should be the one person to not complain about the refs not helping you out. Because <laughs> the refs help out James Harden a lot. Rock's at 33 and 25. And then you can blame James Harden for the way he plays, the iso ball, James Harden, and, you know. But then also you, you can blame Chris Paul, who is just hurt every second you, you look at him. If you look at him bad, he might twist his ankle. He might catch a hamstring injury, a hamstring pull or something. Chris Paul has not been healthy over the last four or five years. And how ironically... Every time he goes to the playoffs, he gets hurt in the playoffs. That's why the Clippers were never what we thought they would be with him and Blake Griffin. So there's a number of issues in Houston. But one thing the Rockets don't want to be is the fifth seed and have to play on the road in the first round. And if you do get past the first round, you're going to face the number one seed. And you better hope it's not the Warriors. You better hope Denver just goes on a crazy run and you can face Denver in the second round. Number six, the Utah Jazz, who I can see making a run. They have the easiest schedule in the Western Conference the last 24 games of the season. Which tells me they got a lot of home games coming up. That team's going to (laughs) be ready to rock and roll. I can see them going to the fourth seed. I can see them passing the Blazers. I really can Utah is that good. When they get their mind right defensively, and they do a lot, they're one of the better defensive teams in the league. They're a very tough team. If Donovan Mitchell can get that groove, and he's been grooving the last couple months, he's been scoring about 26 points per game since January, early January. So, I mean, they get into a groove. I like this Utah Jazz team. If they can get home court for the first round, watch out. Now, do you kind of really want to do that? <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people are, are you rather that sixth seed or fifth seed, uh, that sixth seed than the fourth or fifth seed? You want to avoid the wars any way you can, but hey, home court is home court. You got to get it. Speaking of a lot of home games, the Spurs are right now currently on their eight game rodeo trip that they do every year. Only problem is there's no Kawhi Leonard, Tim Duncan, Mono Ginobili, or Tony Parker during that stretch. It's pretty much a brand new team. And this team, uh, tough loss against the Raptors yesterday. Very tough loss. Had had the game in their hands, and then DeMar DeRozan, uh, you know, he he fumbled the ball basically, and Kawhi Leonard takes it in and scores and gives the uh, Raptors a one-point lead about, I think it was 15 seconds ago in the game. Something like that. Spurs seen 33 and 27. In my opinion, they're doing better than I thought they would. They're doing a whole lot better. I thought this team might miss the playoffs. It's looking like they will squeak in to a 7 or 8, maybe even a 6 seed. It depends on what goes on. But they will have advantage to have a lot of home games because they've been on this 8-game road trip with this rodeo going on. They're going to see a lot of... uh, 
home games coming up, and that could, you know, change them, change their mentality. So the Jazz and the Spurs, teams need to watch out. The teams need to watch out are the Rockets, and although the Blazers are playing very well, the Blazers got to watch out too. And at number eight, the number eight, who wants it? I was on the record for saying, man, you know what, the Clippers, they kind of probably don't want it because they want to keep that uh their draft pick. I believe if they made the playoffs, they lose their draft pick, I believe. But I'm looking at the standings. They're 33 and 27, right? They're a half game from the sixth seed. I mean, I'm just saying, if, if I'm them, I want to obviously avoid the eighth seed if the war is number one. But if, if I can get the seventh or the sixth seed, hey. I mean, in your way, it's the Thunder and the Nuggets at three and two. I mean, how scary are those teams really? If you get that six or that seven seed, so the Clippers might be thinking, hey, hold on. I mean, we can pass up the Spurs, maybe pass up the Jazz. You never know. If you can get into that six and to that seven seed, that is the spot to be. You got a chance to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Because none of these teams, I saw the Warriors scare, scare me if I'm an uh, individual team. No one scares me. The Nuggets don't scare me. The Thunder don't scare me. The Blazers don't scare me. The Rockets don't scare me. Those teams, those four teams don't scare me. So if you're the Clippers, I mean, you know what? We might not get a better opportunity to get into the playoffs and make some damage. This could be the year. I would sacrifice that draft pick because, I mean, it's a draft pick. It's going to be a rookie coming in there. Like, he's really going to make that big of an impact because if you look – if you look outside of the top five, six players in the draft next uh, this coming year, this coming draft, who's really there that's going to be a game changer after those five or six guys? Not nobody. If I'm the Clippers, go for it. Go for the playoffs and go for the six seed. They, they, they have the talent. And I'm thinking to myself, if we could just somehow get out of the eight seed, and face the Nuggets or face the Thunder or the Blazers in the first round. We got something going on. That's all I'm saying. The Kings are number nine at 30 and 28. Lakers at 29 and 29. So everyone's saying the Kings and the Lakers, who's going to make the playoffs? But people keep forgetting about the Clippers. I'm looking at this like if you continue to go on like another three-game winning streak, maybe two out of three, three out of four, if you're the Clippers, you're like, hold up. We got a chance. To make some noise, nobody outside the Warriors scare, scare me at all. Nobody. When you look at it, you say the Denver Nuggets are number two seed. Are they number two seed material? Probably not. But it tells you the kind of the balance is going towards the East again. It only took 20 years. <laughs> it only took 20 years. But we're all saying the Kings and the Lakers – we all keep getting the Clippers right now are currently number eight. And why not now? And I'm pretty sure there's somebody in there talking to management saying, you know what? We got to go for it. This could be our year. We can't. No rookies can come in and make us just that much better. Yes, we trade out Tobias Harris, but 
Got some good pieces. And I like this Clippers team. They play loosey-goosey. They play fast. They're six games above 500, which we did not see coming at all. Even when LeBron James comes to L.A., the Clippers are still better than the Lakers. It will always be a Lakers town in L.A. Always. <laughs> It'll always be Lakers town. But Clippers have just been dominating over the last eight years now. That Chris Paul, Blake Griffin era. And now in this era, even with no, no Blake, no Chris Paul, and they have a Lou Williams that's pretty much it. <laughs> you know, I, I don't like marquee names. And they're still six games above 500 while the Lakers are at 500 with LeBron James. Might turn to Clipperstown soon. You never know. You know, Billy Crystal, those guys are still living it up. Record-wise, the West is still better than the East, though. I mean, if you're number eight seed is six games above 500, they would be... They will be just at number five in the East or number four. Just tells you the West from top to bottom. Overall, is still better. I think the top teams in the East, they're top heavy. The Bucks, Raptors, 76ers, Celtics. We'll talk about them in just a moment. Um, but the West, man, it's going to be good. Everyone's talking about the eighth seed. I think the Clippers really, really want it. I don't see the Spurs or the Jazz who have favorable schedules going down not making the playoffs. I don't see that. I see the Jazz making it. I see the Spurs making it because they have favorable schedules towards the end. The Clippers, I don't – it's someone – they can tell them, hey, let's keep going. So the Kings and the Lakers might be out of it. But if I had to choose between the Kings and the Lakers, I guess I'm going with the Kings uh, as of now. No, things could change. LeBron can just go off. And he has to because the last the next five games are pretty easy. After that, it's going to be a, a tough, tough road for the Lakers. But whatever you want to do, you want to avoid the Warriors, no matter what. And the Warriors will either be number one or number two, and most likely number, number one. So if you're the eight seed, you want to kind of watch out. But if you get anything seven, six, that's seven, that's 60. Whoever can get that, they're going to be in a great situation. I promise you. You want that seventh and that sixth seed. If the Warriors stay at number one, you want seven and six. So we're looking at the Jazz, the Spurs, um, the Clippers. Maybe the Rockets go down more. I don't know. They're number five. But you want that six and seven. You don't want to face the Warriors until the Western Conference Finals. And, by the way, you could probably face the Thunder in the first round, the Nuggets in the first round. Maybe uh, after that, face the Thunder or the Nuggets in the second round. You know, those two teams don't really, really scare me like the Warriors do. I would just back off. So that's the spot to be at, six and seven. If you're the Jazz or the Spurs, you kind of want to stay where you're at. You go to that fifth seed and that fourth seed, having that fourth seed is fine, home court advantage, but you know when you, if you win, whoever wins is going to face the Warriors in the next round if the Warriors get the number one seed. And you're almost like, ugh, was it even necessary to get the fourth or the fifth seed? We could have just lost some purpose and, and got the sixth or the seventh seed, you know? So, 
it's gonna be great down the stretch, and I can can't wait for it. Huge game tonight. Houston Rockets face the Golden State Warriors. If Houston lose this, they'll be tied for fifth and sixth. And like I said, the Rockets could drop. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But the Thunder, I saw the Paul George, who, look, I'm not a prisoner of the moment kind of guy. After that magnificent game Paul George had, and it was a brilliant game, it was wonderful. Everyone's throwing out MVP towards him. Not, not yet, not yet. Giannis is still probably the MVP favorite, but I got number two, Jokic from Denver. I got him as my number two MVP. So I'm just saying, I got Paul George three. Giannis, Nikolai Jokic, Paul George. Those are my top three for MVP right now. And I'm sticking with that. (laughs) Uh, So that's the Western Conference. Hold up for another message. Be back in just a moment. There's an educated sports talk. Cowards Creation. Make sure you check out Cowards Creation for all your vinyl printing needs. They have shirts starting at $20, tumblers starting at $40, hoodies at $35, and license plates and decals starting at $15. Also, make sure you follow their Instagram and Facebook at Cowards Creation for the hottest graphic tees in the city. www.cowardscreation.com Again, that's www.cowardscreation.com and also Facebook and Instagram at Cowards Creation. That's Cowards, C-O-W-A-R-D-Z, Creation, C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N, cowardscreation.com for your vinyl printing needs. Welcome back. This is Uneducated Sports Talk. Hosted by myself, Carlos Clayton. That was Cowards Creation from my cousin Desmond Gratney. Check him out on Facebook at Des D E Z Gratney G R A D N E Y for all your vinyl uh, printing needs. Has great things going on: shirts, hoodies, tumblers for cheap price. Check him out, man, at uh, Cowards Creation. All right, let's get back into our Eastern Conference talk now. We spoke on the West. Let's talk about the East now. The East. Like I said earlier, the top heavy, the top five teams are really, really good. Once you start getting to number six with the Nets, all the way down to the Magic at 10, yeah, things get a little bit, ugh. Let's do this. Bucks at number one. They might be the biggest threat to the Warriors. They're 44 and 14. The Raptors, with their victory yesterday, number two, 44 and 16. Bucks versus the Raptors. I always said the Bucks are going to go get number one because I don't see Kawhi Leonard playing every single game. Kawhi's played, I think Kawhi's missed, I believe, 16 games this year out of the 59. And it's just, it's not even rest. It's just because he just doesn't want to play, I guess. It's, it's something with a contract. It's got to be, okay, you guys, brought me from Toronto. That's fine, but I'm not playing every single game because I want to keep myself fresh for free agency next year. That's basically what's going on. Can you imagine Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers? I think this is going to happen. I mean, I hope Toronto can kind of woo 
Kawhi Leonard, I would love that to happen. Because I root for, I'm an underdog kind of guy. I root for the small market teams all the time. I was happy as hell when the Thunder uh, kept Paul George. Well, Paul George stayed committed to the Thunder. I was happy to hear that. I'm really hoping that the Raptors can kind of keep Kawhi Leonard. I doubt it, though, because I know I think Kawhi is really, really fixated on the Clippers. But that's why I got the Bucks maintain the number one seed. Pace is at number three. The biggest surprise because, yes, they lost um, Victor Oladipo, their best player. And they're still playing well. Just had a big comeback victory against the Pelicans. I think they're down by, at halftime, down by 13. I think it was 71 to 58. That was with Anthony Davis playing decent. And they just came in that second half and just wrecked shop against the Pelicans. So this Pacers squad, they're playing hard. And at home, they're a tough team, a tough team. You know? If Victor Oladipo stays healthy, man, they, they could be real scared for the playoffs. But they're still playing well, nonetheless. Number four. The Philadelphia 76ers, right now they're 38 and 22. And it's funny because they're basically a game and a half. Them and the Celtics are pretty much a game and a half and two games behind the Pacers. And I just pointed it. Celtics are always at number five at 37 and 22. 76ers are in a tough spot. They need. They need. Let me repeat this. The Sixers need the three seed. They need it. Because if they get that four seed or that five seed, which means they're probably facing the Celtics, they are going to lose. The Celtics have been a thorn in the Sixers' backs for the last two years now. If they get that four or five seed not to face the Celtics, I don't care if it's home court advantage or no home court advantage, they're going to lose the series. They just don't play well against the, uh, the Celtics. They just don't. The top three seeds, where is that? So you better hope that either the Celtics make a run and get a three seed to where you have to face them, or you get the three seed. It's for the taking. The Pacers' best player is gone in Victor Oladipo. It is there. Kudos to the Pacers. Kudos to the coaching staff, you know, for keeping that team intact even after the injury because that could have easily derailed your season. Easily. Pacers three, Sixers four, Celtics number five. Then it gets a little interesting. Like I said, the East is top heavy, but the last three teams, number six, the Nets, who have been surprisingly good this year, been everyone's favorite team uh, to root for. I'm rooting for the Nets. They're 30 and 30 at 500. Right now, they wouldn't even be in the playoffs in the West. But 30 and 30, they played a lot of games already. You know, uh, 60 games. They only have 22 left to go. But they should be good enough to stay in the playoffs. I'm just hoping that they can continue this. Got some good things going on with D'Angelo Russell. The three-point champion, uh, Joe I want to say his last name is Willis. I I could be lying, but but 
uh, he's the three point champion from the All Star Weekend, and uh, they got they got some good things going. So I like their style. They got Levert back from injury, so I can see them maintaining a bottom seed, and they could be a threat. They could be a threat. And then you start getting to the Hornets at number seven at 28 and 30. And the Pistons at number eight with 27 and 30. But then you got to look deeper into it. Heat at 26 and 31. And the Magic at 27 and 33. And the Magic had a bad loss to the Bulls uh, yesterday. A bad loss. Lost by one point. Um, shooting a guy. Uh, fouling a guy. Shooting a three. So if you if I'm looking right here, and it's basically three games separating the six and the ten seed, I really see the Pistons for sure staying in, and the Hornets getting out. Which, in my opinion, I believe the Heat might sneak in. Although I wouldn't want that because the Heat just don't have a really good team. They'll be kind of boring to watch in the playoffs, to be honest. Not really a lot of three-point shooting on that team. So I really hope I hope the Hornets can can stay in it because I do uh, like Kimba Walker. And I hope that the Hornets decide to keep Kimba Walker as well. But then again, I got a soft spot for the Atlanta Magic. My good friends, he's a Magic fan. 27-33. That was a tough loss to the Bulls. You can't lose to teams that are trying to lose. See what I'm saying? You can't do that. Like when the Lakers lost to the Hawks right before the All-Star break. You can't lose the teams that are trying to lose. And you can't lose to a Knicks team. You can't lose to bottom dwellers. You for damn sure, I don't know how the, how the Suns won 11 games this year. Tough losses. <laughs> There's been 11 tough losses this year from someone who's lost to the Phoenix Suns. So I'm, I'm just saying I think the Bucks will keep the number one seed. And I believe the Raptors will keep the number two seed. You got to think when it's all said and done, the Pacers will drop. Obviously, they're still making the playoffs. Obviously. They're 19 games above 500 um, with 23 games to go. They're going to make the playoffs. But if they can somehow keep their mojo going, everyone will be fighting for that sixth seed. Nets, Hornets, Pistons. I think the Pistons kind of going to run. I think. I think the Pistons have enough firepower to go on a run, get the number six seed, and face off against the uh, Pacers in the first round. Everybody wants that number one seed. I mean, the uh, number six seed if you're the Nets, Hornets, Pistons, Heat, and the Magic. And you're all separated by just three games. So, five spots. Five teams, excuse me, separated by three games. And only three guys can get that spot. The top five teams in the East are secure. Bucks, Raptors, Pacers, 76 and the Celtics, they're all going to be the playoffs. We all know that. And you would think the Nets, the way they play, they're going to make the playoffs as well. But very interesting how it's going down. I like that. Man, there's no more LeBron James. We all got a chance. Everyone in the top team, the Bucks, Raptors, Sixers, they all made big plays. 
The Celtics didn't make big plays because their big plays would have to involve a, someone good. They would really need a big, 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 big guy like AD. It didn't happen. That means you have to lose a Jalen Brown. You'll lose um, a Jason Tatum. And I don't want to hear nothing about getting rid of Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is a star. He is a superstar in the making. Him, Donovan Mitchell, superstars in the making. So I don't want to hear anything about that. Sneak preview for my next episode. We're going to talk about how they can change the draft lottery. We'll break that down and all that uh, next episode. It's a sneak peek. I'm going to talk about that on my Instagram. So be ready for that. But yeah, the Bucks are in the driver's seat right now. Only because I think the Raptors are going to take it light. They added Marcus All, so they say, you know what? They added Jeremy Lin as well. And Jeremy Lin, if you saw that game against the uh, against the Spurs, Jeremy Lin and Marcus All came up huge in that fourth quarter. I don't get the flack for Jeremy Lin. I like Jeremy Lin. I root for Jeremy Lin because Jeremy Lin plays basketball the right way. He's been like eight teams already in his in his career. I don't think he's 30 yet. And that's not a knock against him. You know, Jamalin has played, he's been a starting point guard for a Camelo Anthony team, a James Harden team, and a Kobe Bryant team. That's just bad luck. That's, <laughs> that's bad luck. You're the point guard who doesn't get point guard duties because the two guard or the, or the three wants to be the takeover guy or be a ball stopper. So not his fault. But looking at this East, it's all about who wants to be the sixth seed. Be the next best of the top tier. If you get the sixth seed, you might face the Pacers. If you get a five seed, you might face the Pacers. I don't see the I don't see the Nets, Hornets, or Pistons getting that five seed. Someone's going for that sixth seed. And to cross your fingers, pray that you hope you get the Pacers. Because you get the Sixers, the Raptors, and the Bucks, they're going to beat you. 4 1, 4 2, whatever. They're going to they're win, though. Very interesting things going on on both sides. This is the first time in like 20 years where you really are interested in seeing who's going to come out of the East. I think the Bucks have it with Giannis. I think Giannis is the guy that takes the Bucks to the East. And if, and that is a huge if, if they somehow get home court advantage. They have somewhat of an advantage. Just being real. We'll see about it, man. We'll see about it. So that's our show for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you guys once again. My name is Carlos Clayton. Check me out on you know Facebook, Carlos Clayton. Check me out on Instagram is uneducated underscore sports talk. Or check me out on Twitter, which is Carlos underscore talk. So Excuse me, Clayton underscore talk. I don't know why I said my first name. So that's Twitter, Clayton underscore talk. Instagram, uneducated underscore sports talk. And then Facebook, my name, Carlos Clayton. Hit me all up, guys. I want to appreciate, I want to thank you guys. And I appreciate everyone for taking it seriously and listening to, you know, what I got to say. Next episode, we previewed a little bit, a little bit of uh, the draft and how we can change the process up. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. 
So all sports fans, you guys know what time it is. Stay smart, stay educated. Peace.